0: hope church guildford this is a recent recording from our sunday morning gathering online please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details we look forward to getting to know you um today we get the the uh, exciting opportunity to continue our series in acts and we've called this series acts of the church As we delve into those first early chapters of Acts and we look at the earliest Christians, we see all that they did and then we reflect, therefore, what should Hope Church in Guildford look like today? How can we uh, see what they did, be inspired by what they did, and therefore how should us as the people of God, as the the church today in Guildford, uh, live and act and be... Uh, in everything that we do, and so far we've seen how the Holy Spirit filled the people of God, how they, He's equipped them and encouraged them and inspired them, and gave them boldness to go out and share the good news of Jesus. We've seen the Holy Spirit heal, and we've seen the people of God be devoted to prayer and to baptism and to communion and to one another, to to meet in in big groups at the temple and in small groups in their homes. We've looked at. Um, what, what does a great church look like and what does a church look like that's not at its best? And we looked at hypocrisy and making, this was last week, and making sure that we, we do the things that we we talk about and we preach about and that we live our lives as as God will call us to. And, and we looked at generous generous uh, generosity and, and how actually we should be generous with every part of our lives, not just our finances, but our time, our energy, our efforts. And that's what the people of God are. That's what the church is like. At its best. This morning, we're going to look at the topic, really, of persecution. And what we have seen, I guess, overall, is that God sent Jesus, and Jesus sends His Holy Spirit, and they are all about the work of um, glorifying each other on this earth through. people of God through through the church and seeing the church shine through and lots of amazing things were going on in this early church we've seen all about that and right in the middle of Acts chapter 5 we we see even more healings and and people being added to their number and, and people gathering together but just like what happened to Jesus was that there were some people that didn't like what he had to say and he was persecuted. In the same way, Peter, in chapter 3, faced opposition and was called up before the Sanhedrin. And in the chapter we're going to read today, we're going to find exactly the same. All the apostles that have been talking about Jesus are now going to be pulled up before the Sanhedrin. That's the Jewish kind of court. And they're going to be asked to stop talking about Jesus. Not everyone is going to like what we have to say. Not everyone is going to like hearing about the gospel, that all have sinned and fallen short, that, that we are separated from God. And the way to be restored to him is not by working hard, by trying to outweigh the good from the bad, but actually, as if that would ever work, but no, but by believing in Jesus, that he is the only perfect one who, when he shed his blood on the cross, he paid the price for our sins. And it's through him that we can know heavenly father and only through him. He is the way, the truth and the life. Not everyone's going to like that message. And so today we will face all sorts of different types of persecution. We live in a culture that gets offended by almost anything. We, we live in a culture where there's cancel culture, where if two people on different sides of a debate don't agree, rather than having a, a good discussion sharing one another with one another, actually what happens is they just call each other's names and, and bigoted and, and just don't, don't listen to one another and just cancel each other. They, they block them. The same that happens today happened back then, but just for different reasons. And I guess the reason for all of that is because when we talk about Jesus, we are saying that Jesus is the one that's on the throne and not ourselves. He is Placed on the throne instead of us. He's on the throne of our relationships. He's on the throne of our finances. He's on the throne of of how we do family and neighborhood and work and and everything. And that is not always an appealing message. It's it's actually a foolish message. But it's the message of, of God that He has given us. And so the last four words of the chapter we're about to read is Jesus is the Messiah. And that's what I've called today's talk Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one on the throne. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And when people don't like that message, how how do we respond to that? What should we do? That's what we're going to have a look at. Before we get into that, let's read the passage. It's chapter 5. We're going to start from verse 17. So everything's going great. And then this is what happens. It says this. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and they put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts. And as they had been told, as they had been told, and they began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel and they sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, um, and they said, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, there was no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss and wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men that you put in jail, they're standing in the temple courts and they're teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force, though, because they feared that the people would stone them. So obviously, the apostles came willingly. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. And they said, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Cancel culture yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. I love this. They're told not to preach and now he's going to start preaching. The God of our ancestors, he raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious, and they wanted to put them to death. But there was a Pharisee named Gamaliel. He was actually the, the person that Paul was taught under. He was a teacher of the law who was honoured by all the people, and he stood up in the Sanhedrin and he ordered that the men be put outside for a little while, so all the apostles go out, and then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, and claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him, but he was killed and all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and he led a band of people in revolt but he too was killed and all his followers were scattered therefore in this present case i advise you leave these men alone let them go for if their purpose or activity is of human origin it will fail but if it is from god you will not be able to stop these men and you will only find yourselves fighting against god his speech incredibly it persuaded them they called the apostles in And they still had them flogged, that's like whipped. And then they ordered them again, cancel culture, not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. The apostles, they left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts, all together, and from house to house, in small groups, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So Father God, I just pray, help us to understand your word, to enact it today. Help us to be a people who are bold and courageous in speaking the name of Jesus, in knowing that he is on the throne of every single area of our lives and in sharing the good news of the gospel fueled by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us, I pray. Amen. Wonderful. So there you go. There's, that was the the passage, and um, just like you know, back then the the early Christians were ch- they would they try to be forced to be quiet by the Sanhedrin. And as I've mentioned today, there will be people that that don't want you to share about the faith that you have in Jesus, and they might say things like, "Oh, you know, it's really good that you've you've got your faith, but that's kind of that's really for you. That's That's not for me. That's not for for anyone else. And they kind of will try to, just not even really proactively, but just passively in their conversation, will try to kind of keep your conversation to to a minimum about your faith in Jesus and about what Jesus has done. We live in a culture where we can sometimes feel that the tweets of a few represent the views of the many. And so it's easy even sometimes for us to kind of, shape what we think about our friends and family, about what they think through social media or through through the media or through things that we hear. And yeah, and, and what that can do is that can actually dampen our our spirit or our, our boldness to step out actually and share the amazing news that, that is about Jesus. And so um, I thought it was amazing that here, even in the midst of uh, a growing church, in the midst of great things happening, um, there is persecution kind of comes and they're trying to be stopped and they're trying to be quelled and trying to be, to, to be dampened and yet what happens is that they fill Jerusalem with all their teaching and that, that small band right at the beginning filled by the Holy Spirit has turned into hundreds and millions of churches all around the world that now over two billion people believe in jesus and that includes me and you and we get to continue the work that was started way way back when and so whilst the cause of i guess the offense might be different today to what it was back then uh, it is good for us to know it's important for us to know that the name of jesus is not a neutral name you can turn up into a social group and you can talk about football you can talk about cricket you can talk about whatever you like and it's not you know and you'll just have good banter or whatever but as soon as you drop the j-bomb as soon as you start talking about jesus you're going to get a reaction because jesus is not a neutral name and um there is power in the name of jesus because he is the messiah and so it's important for us actually just to be aware of that that i i find this a lot obviously because i i talk and people hey what do you do that's one of the first questions i get and actually i can find it quite easy sometimes to talk about church and activities of church life but as soon as i start talking about jesus that's when the reaction comes people kind of get that you might want to be part of a community and do good things and and share stories and love and care for the poor but as soon as you start talking about jesus that he is the messiah he is the king of kings he is the one that we follow and are obedient to a reaction comes and yet the apostles they continue to share the good news of jesus being when we do that it's easy to get shut down, mocked, ridiculed, silenced, judged, ignored and what that can do is that means that our experience of sharing our faith can really feel uh, quite hard and personal and I want to ask you what has your response been to sharing your faith in the past? What has the response been to you sharing your faith? Has it been positive? Has it been negative I imagine it's a it's a mixed bag and your response from that might be to shy away to 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 not mention Jesus again or to have a different approach to perhaps not be so confident in sharing all that's happened in your life about Jesus it might be just to avoid the topic it might be that you felt like well I've people know I you know people know I go to church and so if they really want to know more then they'll ask me excuse me <coughs> Your response might be all sorts of different things. It might be to celebrate and rejoice when people have uh, offended you, like have got offended or, or started to like silence you or started to, to judge you or to attack you, like they did here. But I, I imagine it's probably not been that because that's just not, I guess, uh, part of our nature. And yet, that's exactly what the apostles did. They rejoiced that they found themselves worthy to, be, to suffer for his name. When I first became a Christian, so there's a little story about me, when I first became a Christian, I remember um, it just it changed my, my whole life, of course it does, when anyone does, it changes your, your whole life and I was living my life for myself, selfish, only thinking about my own desires and my own future and my, the, only, the things that I want in my life, thinking about pleasing the own desires of, of my flesh, of what I want and... I remember Jesus came along and, and he changed my whole life and I put my trust in him and my life started to change. I some of my outer habits started to change. You know, I might have stopped swearing or stopped drinking as much, stopped just stopped negative habits and start living for him instead. And I remember telling my mates and managing even to get them along to my baptism, but um, when they came to my baptism, they heard, I guess, the gospel really for the first time, and after that, I had about 20 mates came, and probably only three of them really spoke to me much again. Um, many of them they just blanked me. They didn't they didn't want to be around me. They I think they thought that perhaps um, because I'd stopped drinking and, and smoking or I stopped doing things that I shouldn't be doing. I think they thought I was judging them for, for them doing it. I wasn't trying to, but I just obviously my life was just starting to change. And I remember, yeah, literally kind of being cancelled, like just they just blocked me, they just stopped being my friends. that effect though on my, on me and on my confidence in sharing my faith it did, it did affect me, and it made me i guess more cautious at times, and it made me sometimes kind of <clears throat> try to I guess share the gospel in a, in a kind of in a way that isn't too offensive and and um, kind of share the nice bits about grace and not really so much about sin and and separation from God and so at, at times it's meant that I've held back at other times I've, I've gone through it and I really try to to share you know and and to to uh yeah to, to really share well everything but I found it all too easy to talk about the things around Jesus like church like activities, like our hope works, like what we do in our community, like fun days, and never really talk about Jesus and what he has done and the personal impact that he can make on people's lives. I wonder, what's it like for you? Do you find it easy, perhaps, to, to either just avoid the subject completely or to maybe talk about the things around Christianity, like church or activities or quiz nights or camps or whatever, or community or sharing meals, but not actually ever talk about jesus there's been times in my relationships with friends or family where people have said <coughs> sorry people have said things like oh i really like you because you're not one of those christians that's all in your face and you're not always talking about jesus all the time and i'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not it might be great for them because i'm not talking about jesus but is that really me being a witness am i uh, really kind of sharing that the biggest love of my life is jesus and he has made the biggest impact in my life do do my friends and my family and my neighbors and my and my colleagues and things like that do they really know that about me it can have all sorts of different effects and so what i would just want to do for today's talk the rest of today's talk is just look at how are you at sharing the gospel that's one question and the second question is how do you respond when you receive negative Feedback, negative reaction. So, how are you at sharing the gospel? In um, John chapter 15, Jesus teaches us a model for what sharing the gospel really looks like. And he says this When the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And then you also should bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. What Jesus is telling us, the first thing that we need to know, that the primary responsibility of bearing witness about Father, Son and Holy Spirit is God. He holds that primary responsibility. That verse, it says, the Holy Spirit is going to come. The Father sends the Holy Spirit through the Son and the Spirit bears witness about the Son. It's the work of the Trinity that witnesses born out into the world. And we know that it's whilst we were sinners that Christ died for us. And it's in that state that he fills us with the Holy Spirit that we are able to respond to the gospel. And that's really good news. We heard a few weeks ago about how the, the, res, the results are Jesus's when it comes to healing. Do you know what the results are Jesus' when it comes to someone choosing to put their faith in Jesus and trusting in God? What that means is that when you share your faith and someone doesn't respond to the gospel, that's okay. You don't have to take it personally you you are able to go away rejoicing like the apostles because you have done your bit your bit is to bear witness to just share about what you've seen and heard whether that person becomes a christian or not is not your responsibility so if they do become a christian that's fine because you can thank god you can worship him that's that's not all, that's not down to you but when they don't you can also you can just you can commit them to god you can pray for them but you don't have to take offense that they they have not responded to your message. What that does, it just releases you to share because God is at work through his power of his Holy Spirit speaking to people and you don't know what's going on in people's minds. I remember when I was 17 years old, I was living a lifestyle of most 17-year-olds in Brighton, going out, partying, and drinking, all those kind of things. But in my mind, I'd never verbalised this out loud, but in my mind, I was questioning philosophy and and the Bible, and is there a God or isn't there a God? And I had all these thoughts going on in my head, and no one else would have known that, but it took a girl in my college to invite me to an Alpha course, probably expecting me never to, to do that, um, for, for, for that actually to take place, for that to happen. God had been working in my heart, but it took someone to also ask me, to share something with me, to, to invite me, for, for me to then to come along and find out. As Christians, we don't know who God is working in. So all we're called to do is to share and to share with everyone we meet, to bear witness of all that we meet, to fill Guildford with the teaching of Jesus, that people might come to him and respond, knowing ultimately, though, the results are Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who bears witness about me. That's what it says. In fact, in um, our in the passage we read verse 32 it says we are witnesses of these things and so is the holy spirit whom god has given to those who obey him the holy spirit is the primary witness to the father son and spirit to the gospel and so i want to encourage you that hey we can be people who share the gospel and so how are you are doing that How are you at sharing the gospel? How are you at telling people about Jesus? Are you just great at talking around church, around Christianity? But how are you actually sharing Jesus, the one who came from God the Father to this earth, to die on a cross, to pay the price for your sin so that you no longer have to be, held captive by the power of sin and darkness in this world, but actually you can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to live for Jesus, to to know him, to come in relationship with him, to to know joy and peace and purpose in your life that doesn't depend on your academic status or your well-being or your relationship or any of those things, your economy, but actually depends just on solely the fact that you are made in the image of God, that you are loved and you are treasured and you are made Wonderful and whole in his image. It says um, at the, in verse 28, we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, but you have filled Jerusalem. Come on church, I want us to be a church who fills Guildford, who fills our workplaces, who fills our, our streets and our roads with the good news of Jesus. That's what it means to obey God. And I do love how Peter, he and the apostles, on their, on their very tongues is, is always the gospel. And so even it, when they're being called up before the Sanhedrin, we get Peter saying, hey, we must obey God rather than human beings. He's the God of our ancestors that Jesus raised from the dead. So he's talking about Jesus' resurrection. He talked about whom you killed by hanging him on the cross. So he's talked about his crucifixion. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and saviour. So he's talks about how he's the saviour of the world, that he might bring Israel to repentance. So he's talking about repentance and forgiveness of sin. And we are witnesses of these sins, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has called us to obey. Just in those few sentences, as they respond to, I guess, the offence that has been caused by those hearing about Jesus, he responds by basically preaching the gospel straight back to him, the very thing they're taught not to do. And I just wonder, how are we at making sure that on our lips, in our minds, on our hearts, it's always those key things, forgiveness of sin. Um, repentance in order to find that forgiveness jesus crucifixion and resurrection as a sign showing us that he is the way the truth and the life and then obedience to him hey once we've done that we have we are been to him and we put him on the throne because he is the messiah how are you at sharing the gospel that second question is when you have shared how have you responded to that negativity because the reality is if jesus is lord then we are not and if Jesus is placed on that throne, then we are dethroned and we are taken off of it. And that has implications on people's freedom, has implications on every area of our life, From yeah, like I said, from our relationships to our, the way we do our work, to the way we do our finances, to the way we do every area of our lives, to the way we do our parenting, to the way we do our marriages and our relationships. And so it has an effect and it can be a tempting, it can be tempting not to talk about jesus because we just don't want to offend people and because we live in a culture that loves to get offended by all sorts of different things but like i said before the reality is the name of jesus is not a neutral name and it will have a reaction and so i guess it's important for us to think about what is it that is is had the reaction is it the primary thing jesus and the gospel or is it a secondary issue it's so easy to get caught up in conversation where People are asking about all sorts of secondary issues, and you could probably think of a bunch of things that Christianity has implications on. And what can happen is that we start talking about those things: sex before marriage, finances, uh, I don't know, abortion. We start talking about I don't know other freedoms. We start talking about the environment. We start talking about charity and works to the poor, and we could we could talk about all sorts of things that can cause all sorts of. Offense, an issue in people's life, and what happens is that all those things are talked about, and never actually Jesus, the the one who lived and died and rose again. And so, it's if if people are going to get offended, which they will do, because Jesus is not a neutral name. If people are going to want to try to silence you or judge you, let's make sure that they're doing that because we're talking about him. That we're talking about how Jesus is the Messiah. That we're talking about the gospel. And making sure that that is, I guess, bulking up the most of our conversations and not always, and not always going on to these secondary issues. And so I want to encourage you, when, when you might have had negative um, responses to sharing the gospel, don't worry about that. That's, that responsibility is Jesus. That's, you, know, you can leave that at his feet. All you are called to do is obey. And if you have done that, then that is fantastic. And you can be encouraged by that and that can encourage you to go again because you don't, you're never going to know who God is working on, who's going to impact. And so, and so it's, it's important for us to, to kind of have a bit of a spirit of the apostles of the early church in this and to remember that throughout his life Jesus was also told to, to try to be silent, not wanting to share about who he was and, and why he did things. The apostles had the same, so we should expect that we will get the same too. And their response was actually to, be, to rejoice because they had been considered worthy of Jesus' name in the flogging and in the, in the disgrace that they faced. And so if you have been, if you've shared about Jesus and someone in your workplace has blanked you, or they've ridiculed really you, they've gossiped about you, I just want to encourage you actually. That's not, you're in good company. You're in the company of the apostles. You're in the the company of Jesus. Equally, it might be that you've never faced that. You've never faced ridicule or persecution. And the question I would ask you is, what have you been sharing? Have you been sharing Jesus or have you been sharing something else? Maybe you've not even mentioned him at all. Maybe you have, I guess, swallowed the lie That faith is all about an individual thing for individual people and it's not for anyone else to share their faith with someone else. That is the kind of the lie of our culture. That what you do is fine for you and what I do is fine for me. But that's not what it's called to be a witness. Throughout the whole of Acts we see over and over and over again that these people are witnesses. That doesn't mean forcing something down people's throats. What that means is just sharing what what you've seen and what you've heard. Doesn't mean making judgments for others. It just means sharing what you have seen and what you have heard. Doesn't mean um, I don't know, yeah, forcing conversation unnaturally, but it does mean when you have the opportunity, when that arises, to be ready to share what you have seen and what you have heard. That's what the apostles did. And yeah, there was people trying to shut them down, trying to cancel them, but do you know what? They, they didn't need to worry because this is, this is God's mission. That's what Glamaliel says. If, this is, if, this, if God is in this, then you know what, you're just going to end up fighting against him and actually it will be futile to do that because God is on the throne and he is at work leading his church and do you know what, we see that happening. It's why the church has continued to grow over these thousands and thousands of years. And so I just want to encourage you day by day as you go from your Sunday to your midweeks, as you go from uh, home to home, as you go from um, that meeting to another meeting, as you just have friendships, as you chat over the fence, as, you go, as you're in the workplace around the, the coffee cooler or, or the drinks cooler, whatever it might be, let's be ready to share the good news of Jesus. And so come on church, let's be a church. We're not afraid to share our faith, but we remember that we're called to be witnesses to what we've seen and heard. It's the Holy Spirit who is the primary witness to the Godhead and to the fact that Jesus is Messiah. And that when we face setback, when we face hardship, when we, when we are disheartened, that we, we don't need to worry or to fear, but to ultimately know that, do you know what? God is on the throne, that we're called to share about him, and that will face a reaction. And so if you face difficulty, if you face hardship, do you want what? okay. God knows he's with you and you're in great company of the apostles and we're called to go again and to keep sharing, to have faith to keep going again and to be bold and courageous in celebrating Jesus the Messiah, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for your gospel, for the good news that has changed my life and the many people listening today. I thank you, Lord God, that it really is the best news I've ever received. I thank you that it was probably the, it's the greatest day of my life when I choose to become a Christian. And Lord, I I recognise, Heavenly Father, and we recognise that it is the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives that helps them to respond to the gospel. He is the primary witness to the cross, to the resurrection, and to the crucifixion. And yet, Lord, you call us alongside the Holy Spirit to also bear. Witness. We bear witness at the same time and we share. And I thank you, Lord God, for the privilege it is when we do share and someone responds. It is a great privilege, Lord, but we recognize that that's not the power of our own words, but it's the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives. And so, Lord, we also recognize when that um, the reaction is negative or is, yeah, is not positive or is not, is not well, Lord God, we just recognise that of course that would be the case because Jesus' name is not a neutral name because we're really calling them to dethrone themselves off the throne of their lives and place Jesus on top. We just recognise um, that the gospel means life transformation and so it is not easy to hear it all the time. And so I just ask you, Lord God, that you would give us wisdom and also boldness and courage to not not fear the setbacks, but to press on anyway in sharing the good news of Jesus. Help us to be a church that continually share and feel guilford with your gospel, to feel guilford with the good news of Jesus, that you are the King of Kings, you're the Lord of Lords, and that in you we can find peace and joy and love, and we can we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. That all the things that go on in this life, all the things that that I I guess um, that we can judge each other by actually they will all pass away but what will remain is an eternity in heaven with you something that we can look forward to and so even when ill health comes actually we have a joy and a hope and a peace even when redundancy comes we have a joy a hope and a peace even when ability and, and infirmity comes actually we have a joy a hope and a peace in you and in the good news of the gospel and so we just ask you Lord God fill us with your spirit but that's you've us for your boldness and your courage. Help us, Lord God, to step out in all you've called us to do. In your heavenly name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchguilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.